Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Welcome to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. You're listening right here on News Radio 570 WWNC 880 and 92.9 The Revolution. If this is your first time listening, Speaking of Travel is uh, a show where I talk to people every week who are traveling, have great travel stories. I, I'm talking to people about climate change and travel issues and all things travel. So, Welcome aboard, and be sure to visit the Speaking of Travel website. There you can go online and join the Speaking of Travel Travel Club. You'll be getting news tips and travel tips and all kinds of fun things. And remember, if you're here in the Asheville, North Carolina area, and you need to go somewhere, just get out of town, be sure to check out the Asheville Regional Airport. Did you know that it is Western North Carolina's getaway to and from? from the entire world. And you know what? When you fly home, you're home. Visit flyavl.com. And listen, you can listen anywhere, anytime in the whole wide world on your free iHeartRadio app. Well, my guest today has a quote on her website by Oliver Wendell Holmes that reads, a mind that is stretched by a new experience can never go back to its old dimensions. Well, senior solo nomad and author Diane Schindler sold it all, and she began traveling the world. She went from being a homeowner living in Florida to a woman who owns nothing except a guitar, a laptop, a tennis racket, and only enough clothes to fit into a medium-sized suitcase. Well, I need to know how to do that, because I'll tell you what, when I travel, there is no way I can fit just one trip worth into one medium-sized suitcase. Welcome to the show, Diane. It is so great to have you here. Well, thank you so much. I am happy to be here. And, you know, I'm in Kosovo. I'm in Pristina, Kosovo, and we have all this high technology all over the world. So I feel like I'm sitting right next to you. It does feel that way. In fact, I wish we were sitting right next to each other, having a glass of wine or a, a cafe somewhere in a cute little cafe somewhere down. Now, you need to tell my listeners where exactly this is in the world. Well, let me, you know, that is such a good point because I was asked last year, a year ago, to come to speak to the American University of Kosovo. And I, of course, said yes, because I say yes to most anything, at least initially, until I find out maybe I shouldn't do it. But I said yes, I'd be happy to to speak at the American University of Kosovo. And, we, and she gave me the dates and I said yes. And then I hung up and I pulled up a Google map because I thought, where is Kosovo? And it's a part of the Balkans, um, and it used to be Yugoslavia, and it's in between. It's it's landlocked between Slovenia, Montenegro, um, near Croatia, near uh, Macedonia, and it's landlocked. And it's this little uh, country. I think of about two million. Although, don't hold me to that. And it was in war until 1999, and um, 
it's still kind of rocking and reeling from war because, you know, after the fighting stopped, the war really doesn't end. It kind of gets into your DNA. But so 1999, the war was ended, frankly, by Madeleine Albright and um, Bill Clinton, who got the, U- the U.N. involved. And the people here are fantastic. So does that make sense to you? I hope I asked, answered that question. It absolutely does make sense. And, you know, it's one of those places that we – that we've heard about, and it's kind of back there in our minds. I, I remember the the war, and I it just you know it's so amazing to have people who are there like yourself immersed in this culture with people that we really don't know that much about. That's so true, and you know you think about a war torn country, and I thought to myself. I'm not sure if I want to go to a worn, torn country where many of the old buildings have been torn down and bombed. And, you know, if you read about Pristina, the capital of Kosovo, on the uh, website, you will find out that they say they're rebuilding with brick and metal. And I thought, that doesn't appeal to me. But the, the president of the university here said, you will love the people, and that's exactly Right. The people here, who many of them had to um, flee before the war ended, and then they came back, they love life. And they are sweet and open and always excited. And if you are born an American and you come here, you know, they embrace you. And I always feel like I don't deserve it because I can't help where I was born. But um, it's a beautiful, beautiful people. And the countryside is beautiful. It's true that Pristina isn't the most beautiful city in the world. But again, it's 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 more about the people in the countryside and um, how you're treated here very, very well. And so to answer your, if I just may go on. Please. To answer your first question, I mean, when you, and thank you so much for that kind introduction. I, uh, my background is higher education, and I taught writing in the very beginning um, at, the, at the college, and then I went on and became a college president. So that is how, in some regard, I was asked to come to serve as a consultant at the American University of Kosovo, but I'm doing this as a volunteer so I get paid no money, but I get an apartment, and I have an office, and I have a computer, and I'm given a lot of wonderful assi- assignments and writing assignments, and so I, there are a lot of benefits for me. And because it's um, a volunteer, I, it allows me to just say, well, you know what, I'm going away for two months. I'm going to go travel for two months, and I come, I come back. So... But I sold everything in two years ago. It's two years ago this month. And um, I just did that because I decided that my possessions were just responsibilities. They were important to me in a way, but they were responsibilities and they took up my time. And I didn't want to take up my time taking care of my possessions. I wanted to have longer days without so much responsibility, and I wanted to travel the world. So I sold everything. And Maryland, it's a process. It's not like you get up one morning and say, I'm going to sell everything, because you start out by saying, you know, I think I'm going to get rid of this. I'm going to get rid of my music studio. I'm going to get rid of my ceramic studio. And then you kind of lose that 
energy, and you kind of float back into having possessions. But then, you know, finally, I decided, you know what, I'm going to do this or I'm going to not do this. And how long would you say that process took? I think it took about three years because it was a subtle, it was a subtle, um, subtle acknowledgement. So in 2008, as you will recall, the economy hit the tank, you know, tanked in the United States, the housing industry. And I was living in Amelia Island, Florida, which is kind of an upscale place. I just saw the writing on the wall. I mean, I have a good retirement because I was in higher ed, but I just thought to myself, this, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to recover from this 2008 um, fall of the stock market. So I decided to downsize then. And when I downsized, I felt lighter. I felt freer. And I moved to St. Petersburg, Florida in a smaller house. And I would get so excited to go to the grocery store, I told my friends, because I hear all these languages at the St. Petersburg local public store. <laughs> I could hear people speaking German and Spanish and, and languages I didn't even recognize, and I would kind of hang out at the grocery store. I thought to myself, right. what's wrong with this picture? You know. So then after about 18 months of being in St. Petersburg, I decided just to do it all. Well, hold that thought right there, Diane. So when we come back from the break, let's pick up right there. I want to hear what your jumping off point was. Okay. So hang in there, and thank you so much for being on the show today. My pleasure. It's my pleasure. And talking to you from so far away. Well, this is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. I'm here with my guest, Diane Schindler, and we will be back right after the break. Hi, this is Tina Kinsey with Asheville Regional Airport, and I have a travel tip for you today. We get questions all the time. How soon should I arrive at the airport before my flight? The answer to that is, in general, you should allow two hours leeway between your arrival at the airport and your departure time. So why two hours? It is your responsibility as a traveler to be checked in and ready to go when it is time for your flight to depart. So you need to allot for things like traffic on the way to the airport, time to park, time to check in, check your bag. Uh, You don't know what type of flight schedules will be happening at the time you arrive, so there could be many, many people at the airport attempting to check in and go through security at the same time. So lines could potentially be long. But don't worry, there is plenty to do in the airport if you arrive and you have some time to spare. You can always grab a bite to eat, something to drink at the bar, or just sit at a business center and quietly get some work done. Just remember, arrive two hours before your flight. Blue Ridge Motorcycling Magazine is a quarterly guide to the best rides and most interesting riders. Available in newsstands and at blueridgemotorcyclingmagazine.com. 
People call Asheville home for all different reasons, and they all mean a better quality of living that reflects their very own uniqueness. Whether you're looking for a funky loft in downtown Asheville, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street, right near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Paul. You're listening right here on News Radio 570 WWNC 880 and 92.9 The Revolution. Be sure to visit speakingoftravel.net. There you'll find lots of information about travel, travel tips, travel podcasts with people who have been near and far and have some really exciting uh, information and inspiring stories to tell. And remember, if you're coming into the Asheville area and you're looking to buy a cute little bungalow or maybe a little uh, farmhouse out in the country, be sure to go visit my friends over at Appalachian Realty. That's AppalachianRealty.com. They've got a cute little bungalow themselves right off of Charlotte Street on Arlington Place. They can help you with all your real estate needs. And if you're flying in and out, be sure to come to the Asheville area regional airport. Go to flyavl.com. You'll find out everything that you would need to know about flying in and out of the Asheville Regional Airport. It's served by Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, United. Every All those airlines are coming in and out of the Asheville Regional Airport. There's nowhere you can't get to right here when you're home, you're home. No road trip involved. And remember, you can listen anywhere, anytime on your free iHeartRadio app. Well, I am so excited to have Diane Schindler here with us today. She's speaking. Tell us again where you're speaking to us from. Pristina, Kosovo. Kosovo. It's so far away. It seems like it's on the other side of the world. (laughs) (laughs) It is pretty far, yeah. It is. Yeah. Diane, thank you so much for being with us today and, and sharing your story with us. Before the break, you were talking about how you made this transition happen, looking around and realizing you just had too much stuff and it was time to let go and downsize and being in St. Pete and hearing all these different languages. Tell us how you finally decided to, uh, you know, make that leap. Thank you so much. And um, what happened the tipping point, I think, was, I mean, you know, first of all, I became aware before it was this subtle, subtle kind of travel bug that had been eating at me for years and years, even though I had traveled a bit. But then it was no longer subtle. I'm not sure why that occurred necessarily, but I met some friends who I played tennis with in St. Petersburg. I met Ruth Ann and Leon, and they said, we are going to Istanbul. Come with us. I said, what? You know, I was I was so surprised because I didn't know them very long. And then also because I'm single, you know, often couples don't invite singles to go. And so I, of course, said, well, let me think, yes. 
I was immediate, and I thought then, you know what? Do you really want to travel, Diane? Well, let's just find out. We went to Istanbul for three weeks, and for the first two weeks, I stayed near uh, Leon and Ruth Ann, and then they went on a cruise, and I had the last week in Istanbul by myself. And I, I decided this was going to be the test, how much fun was I really going to have in this country that I knew little about, and I certainly didn't know the language, although I learned how to say Tashikura Diram, which is thank you. And it, I had a great time. It just spurred me on. I came home on October 13th. I called my children. I said, this is what I'm doing. What do you think? And they said, oh, my gosh, Mom, we're conflicted, but we want you to do what you want to do. And I started um, yard sales. I got on Craigslist. I gave some things away to some charities. And I asked my children what they wanted, and you know what? It's just they didn't want anything. And that was what they, you know, they have their own furniture and they have their own art. And so they really didn't want very much of significance. And by January, let's see, so January 1st, I went to Asheville, North Carolina. How about that? Yes, and I stayed with my friend Constance Vlahoulas. She's our mutual friend, you and I, Marilyn. Yes. So I stayed with her until the 15th of January, and then I left, and I went to Portugal. And um, I've been traveling for two years now, almost two years, 30 countries. Wow. Well, first off, Diane, congratulations. That is awesome. And I certainly wish I had known you then when you were here in Asheville so we could have hooked up. But we'll do it again at some point for sure. But I am curious. So you talked about on your website, you talk about um, how you were able to take only enough clothes to fit into a medium-sized suitcase. Now, I need to know how you did that. Well, I wasn't successful at first. I had the suitcase and a carry-on and my guitar, and I went to stay at my daughter's in Amelia Island for a little bit, and she looked at me and she said, Mom, this is not going to work. So we went through that. I still had a medium-sized suitcase, a carry-on, and my guitar, and I went to Portugal, Portugal, and I met Celia, uh, Sedalia, and Kevin, who are really from South Africa, but they were my hosts for my Airbnb in uh, Madeira Island, Portugal, and they said, this is not going to (laughs) work. So they got on my case, and they said, you cannot take all of this, and we went through Meanwhile, I had read travel books about take, you know, two pairs of pants and a blouse. And a, most of those books are written by men. They have no idea that women need, need makeup and we need, we need creams and we need shampoos and underwear. So, um, but they were the ones that helped me. And then the other thing that helped me is that two other things that helped me. One, when you travel throughout internationally the international airlines only allow a limit they you know only allow a limit of uh 23 kilo which is like 51 pounds so if you have over that you have to pay more money that was number one i didn't want to pay more money and then number two um it's hard on your body to carry that all the time so 
I just pared it down and I made a, some rules for myself. And I'll briefly tell you, it's like my pants, the slacks that I have must be able to be worn with all the shirts I have. All the shirts I have must be, you know, so everything is versatile. It's only efficient. My downfall are shoes. I can't pack all the shoes I want, so I just really limit myself. But but it it's a challenge all the time because when I go to Paris, I think, oh, I want that dress, you know. When I go to South America, I want that f- fantastic, colorful shirt. And Argentina has the best shoes, but it's a discipline. And if I buy something, I have to let something, I have to throw something out or give it to charity before I leave. And I have decided that that's not a bad thing. I have decided that I want to feel good in my clothes. I want to feel comfortable in my clothes. And so if I see something that I want and I'm willing to give up something else, then I do it. You know, it's like minimalism when people are downsizing even in their homes now. They are doing that where they're thinking, I just don't need all of these things. I want them sometimes, but I don't need them. And it's a, it's a daily, you know, it's a, it's a discipline for me. It well, is. you are a woman after my own heart, Diane, I have to say. And I have seen pictures of you on your website, and you look fabulous. You oh, always look you. fabulous. In fact, speaking of your website, what is that so people can get online and check you out? Uh, thank you so much for bringing that up. It's called Diane, D-I-A-N-N, Diane Abroad. You know, it's a double entendre, so uh-huh. abroad. I'm traveling abroad, and I guess I'm a, the pejorative term abroad. Dianeabroad.com, and it is, um, I have photo galleries of the places that I visit, and I have a blog, and um, something about the novel that I wrote, and, um, you know, links, and yeah. About yeah. Well, when we come back from the break, I want to talk about the book you wrote. I want to talk more about your shoes. And I want to talk about some of the other places that you've traveled. Thank you so much, Diane, for being on the show today. Thank you. You bet. Hey, this is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. We'll be back with Diane Schindler right after the break. People call Asheville home for all different reasons, and they all mean a better quality of living that reflects their very own uniqueness. Whether you're looking for a funky loft in downtown Asheville, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street, right near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. With 50 flights every day to and from cities like Atlanta, Charlotte, and Chicago, you can fly to hundreds of worldwide destinations with one easy connection. Choose Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, or United right here from Asheville Regional Airport. And when you fly home, you're home. Asheville Regional Airport, take the easy way out. Blue Ridge Motorcycling Magazine is a quarterly guide to the best rides and most interesting riders. Available in newsstands and at BlueRidgeMotorcyclingMagazine.com. 
Your business trip shouldn't start with a road trip. Hundreds of global destinations are just one connection away. Starting at Asheville Regional Airport. Fly Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, and United. Asheville Regional Airport, your local connection to the world. Visit flyavl.com to plan your next trip. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. And let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. You're listening right here on News Radio 570 WWNC, 880 and 92.9 The Revolution. And be sure to visit speakingoftravel.net and join on for the Speaking of Travel Travel Club. We're going to have a lot of fun, and over time, who knows, we may be traveling the world together. And remember, the Asheville Regional Airport they have things to do right here in Asheville where you could go over there and listen to music and you don't have to be flying in and out. You could just go hang out there. I'm telling you, it's a fun place to watch the planes take off and dream big about where you want to go next. That's flyavl.com. Well, it's time for Doc Lawrence and tailgating down south. Welcome aboard, Doc. How are you today? Marilyn, I just wish you were here with me in lovely Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Such a gorgeous fall day. It's a combination of food, great beverages, college football like you've never seen before with 100,000 people here today, and perhaps America's greatest outdoor arts event, the Kentucky, I'm sorry about that, Kentuck Festival of the Arts. It's easy to get tongue-tied on that. But Kentuck is not Kentucky, it's Alabama. Uh, it's on the banks of the mighty Black Warrior River. I've been attending the Kentucky Festival for many, many years. And this is where uh, I first met the Reverend Howard Fenster, perhaps America's greatest folk artist of all time. 47,000 works, a true man of God, a decent person, uh, became my great friend. Uh, this is where I met on the same grounds here, missionary Mary Proctor. And the fabulous brother love of Nashville, Tennessee, a.k.a. Bruce Sheldon. Just had to divulge who you really are, Bruce. Uh, we're beginning today with a visit, and I can't wait, to the Bright Star Restaurant. That is a national landmark restaurant designated by the Congress of the United States. It's been in existence for a century, owned by the same family, the Greek-American Caucus family. And if you haven't had Greek fried snapper here, you really haven't eaten. Yeah, this is a treat beyond belief. The menu here uh, is fabulous. Lunch and dinner, uh, a horseshoe-shaped bar, the only one I've ever seen in the country. They stay packed because the food's good. They're pure Alabama. They're good people. And my dear friends, well, we're going to be going over into the masses here. And I mean masses. That's 100,000 people coming into little Tuscaloosa, the home of the University of Alabama, for just one day. Where do you put them? I don't know. I think they've just been cooking barbecue and drinking Jack Daniels the last 12 hours. But walking through here reaffirms the glory of tailgating. It's hospitality. It's friendship, 
you can get something to eat anywhere you ask for it. In fact, they'll offer it to you. Uh, we're enjoying some wines from King Estate today, particularly their Pinot Noir, and a few other things. But this is the South at its best. This is autumn at its best. And I wish you were here. That's about all I've got today, Marilyn, and for uh, tailgating down south, honored to partner with Speaking of Travel. This is Doc Lawrence, and we'll see you next Saturday. All right, Doc. Thank you so much for being here. And go Alabama, right? Or Tennessee, whichever one you want. All right. Well, we're back here with my guest, Diane Schindler. Diane, welcome back. Thank you. I'm happy to be back. So, Diane. Although I think I want to go tailgating. I'll tell you what, tailgating down south, it's the thing. There's there's so much to see and do when you're tailgating down south. But you're way over there on the other side of the world. Tell us again where you are. I'm in Pristina, Kosovo. And uh, it's in, it used to be Yugoslavia, and it's a beautiful little community, actually a beautiful little country here. Yeah, and you're, you're there for a year, is that right? I'm here, yes, I'm here for, well, the agreement, even though it's a handshake, is for a year, but, and, and the work that I'm doing here is helping with the strategic planning, um, doing a lot of writing, kind of on-the-spot writing for uh, board materials for the ch- for the board of trustees for the college and for the president's office and the kind of little odds and ends, doing a little research for the, um, for the university. But it, it, um, the agreement gives me opportunity to take off when I want to within reason. And most recently, though, I have been asked to teach English as a second language to adults at a government age, at a U.S. government agency here in Pristina. So I'm teaching twice a week now. English is a second language to, as I said, adult employees of the U.S. government, and they're Albanian. And uh, most of my students are interested in writing, so I'm teaching writing to Albanians, and that's kind of fun. Hi. And that is a paid gig which will take me to maybe January, although I think I'm going to go to Asia during the Christmas holidays, and I'll be back. And then I think this gig here will be extended because um, it's volunteer. So So it, it sounds like you're loving that place and loving the people there. I am, and I get there are a lot of benefits to me. Besides, you know, let me digress on that for a moment. One of the office, one of my students here, not my students, one of the students here. I'm housed in the media center, so Elion at the media center is just this fine young man. He's a senior this year, and his mother teaches English here at a high school. He's Kosovar, and so his mother wanted me to come to the high school and play my guitar. So I went to the high school. And I played my guitar, and I played Adele, Someone Like You, which all the students knew, and they all just burst out singing. You would have thought I was Beyonce, I'm telling you. And, you know, it had nothing to do, it didn't have much to do with me. It's just this openness and friendliness and loving community in Kosovo. So I spoke to five different classes, and now we're... Some of us are Facebook friends. So, you know, it's just a really warm and inviting group of people. Oh, it sounds lovely. And, Diana, I do want to talk to you about this book that you've written. Tell us a little bit about that. 
the the novel Just a Girl you're speaking to? Is that what you mean? I yeah. believe it is, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, for 25 years I've been talking about wanting to write. I said, oh, I'm going to write this novel. And, you know, after 20 years, I started getting sick of hearing me talk about it. And then when I sold everything and I had no responsibilities, I was just traveling the world, I thought, you now had just better do what you've been talking about. There is no excuse. So I started writing this novel pretty quickly, and I set up a launch team of people who agreed to read it and give me their comments, and there were a variety of people from different walks of life. And so in four months, I wrote the book, I sent it out to them, and I didn't hear anything back. And I thought, so I wrote to them, and they said, well, you know what, Diane, thanks to you so much, but your book really sucks. Oh, dear. (laughs) So I thought, okay. So it was back to the drawing board, and took me a total of 16 months to write this book. It's a coming of age. It's called Just a Girl. It's a coming of age genre. And there aren't very many. I mean, I don't want to overstate this, but there aren't many popular fiction books about coming of age of girls or of women. You know, usually it's about men. So I didn't plan on trying to uh, get that niche, but it just kind of occurred. And I published it, self-published it, and it went on uh, Amazon.com the 22nd of June. And it's ranked sixth. I mean, I don't know how this happened. It's ranked sixth best coming-of-age fiction in 2017 by Amazon. I am so proud of you. And when we come back from the break, I want to talk about how somebody can order the book. And I know you're working on another book now, right? Uh, That's correct. All right. Well, when we come back from the break, we'll pick up right there, Diane. Diane Schindler is talking to us from Kosovo. Thank you so much, Diane, and I'll look forward to talking to you when we come back from the break. This is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel, and we'll be right back. With 50 flights every day to and from cities like Atlanta, Charlotte, and Chicago, you can fly to hundreds of worldwide destinations with one easy connection. Choose Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, or United right here from Asheville Regional Airport. And when you fly home, you're home. Asheville Regional Airport. Take the easy way out. People call Asheville home for all different reasons, and they all mean a better quality of living that reflects their very own uniqueness. Whether you're looking for a funky loft in downtown Asheville, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office office on Arlington Street, right near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Your business trip shouldn't start with a road trip. Hundreds of global destinations are just one connection away, starting at Asheville Regional Airport. Fly Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, and United. Asheville Regional Airport, your local connection to the world. Visit flyavl.com to plan your next trip. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. 
Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. You're listening right here on News Radio 570 WWNC 880 and 92.9 The Revolution. And remember, you can follow Speaking of Travel on the Speaking of Travel Facebook page and also on Twitter. That's Hashtag speak travel to me. That's the number two. Speak travel to me. And remember, if you're looking for a cute little bungalow or a great farmhouse here in Western North Carolina, Check out my friends over at Appalachian Realty. They can help you find the home of your dreams. That's AppalachianRealty.com. And also remember, SpeakingOfTravel.net. Go on SpeakingOfTravel.net and you'll find all kinds of travel information, travel tips, a great photo gallery, if I do say so myself. And speaking of great photos, my guest today, Diane Schindler, Diane, you have some great photos on your website. Thank you. And tell us again what your website is. It's Diane Abroad, D-I-A-N-N Abroad.com. Got it. And we were talking about your book before the break. Can we go on your website to find the book? Where's the best place to get it? Well, you can go on my website to find the book. And when you click, you go on the website and you see a menu say novel, and you can go there and click on it, and it'll take you to Amazon.com. Or and, you can go directly to Amazon.com. And there it is. So, And there it is. You're, you're working on another book, is that right? Yes, I'm working on another book. And this book um, is a nonfiction book, and I was hoping to have it done. But, you know, life kind of got me by the neck in the last few weeks, and so I didn't have it quite done. But I think it's going to be finished in about two weeks. The title of it is The Essential Guide to a Life of Travel. It's about 100 pages. I've been asked so many questions over the past two years about, as you've been asking me also, Marilyn, how do you downsize and how do you get everything in a medium-sized suitcase and all kinds of questions about travel. How do I find lodging? Where do, you know, where do I go to find good flights? And and what is the Schengen area? And have you ever stayed in a hostel? So all these questions kind of emerged. And, and meantime, I also have a blog. And so people were saying to me, you should write a book. And so I thought, okay, now that I have this confidence of writing my first novel, um, I started writing this Essential Guide to the Life to a Life of Travel and it is a little bit different than what you might find in a travel guide because or travel how how to travel book because it's not how to travel on a shoestring. It's not where to get the best tour. It's it's much more comprehensive. Very, very comprehensive. And I have a series of vignettes that are included in the book, about 10 or 12 vignettes, which are stories that I talk, you know, things that happen to me, and some of them are good, some of them are fantastic, and some of them are not so good, and it just really adds a little more personal touch to to this book. Well, I am really looking forward to reading this book because I love your stories just that you've told already, I, I, I think it's going to be wonderful to read uh, about your travels and your adventures, and I'm sure we're going to be able to learn a lot and be inspired, because, Diane, you, you took off at a stage in your life uh, when you had 
really com- completed a, a long career and you'd had a lot uh, a lot of success and and rewarding work in your life. Tell us a little bit about where you were age-wise when you decided to make this leap. I, well, I love that because, you know, I, I ran my first marathon when I was 60. I left the United States when I was 70. <laughs> so I guess I have these 10-year, these decades, uh, decade changes. And um, so I left, actually I was 69 years old and I left and I celebrated my 70th birthday in June in Spain with friends of friends who happened to be musicians and said, let's have a party. So all these wonderful friends of friends and um, new acquaintances and people I didn't know met for a great party in Oliva, Spain, which is south of Valencia, near the Mediterranean Sea, and we just had a big party. I was 70, so, you know, now I'm 71. The good news is I'm in very, very good health. I'm active. You know, I play a lot of tennis. I do a lot of walking, and I have good genes in terms of my health. My mom is 91. Wow. Well, she still, yeah, she still goes ballroom dancing every week, every Wednesday. Well, there's Shelby. another woman after my own heart. I can tell you yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> so you do have good, good genes. So what do you see for yourself moving forward, Diane? I am. That's really a good question. You know, one of the biggest challenges I have, besides not buying more shoes, is um, deciding where to go next. So I mentioned earlier in this um, broadcast that I would probably be here at least a year, maybe another year, but I'm, a, but I'm free to, to do some traveling within reason, of course. I don't want to leave the university and the lurch. I'm looking to go to Asia, perhaps, during the holidays, this holiday. I'm also wanting to do more, kind of more edgy travel. You know, I've been traveling through Europe, and I'm traveling South America. I went through... I went to Morocco, but none of my, you know, I don't jump out of airplanes yet, and I don't do, I haven't done any uh, zip lining, but I did ride a camel in Morocco, and I took a horse to the top of Cusco, Peru, so I'm wanting to get, get a little more edgy in my travel and travel some of those areas that aren't as easy, you know, it's kind of easy you don't think it's easy, but once you get through through Europe, you find out it's really kind of easy to travel in Europe. There's no security um, borderlines in the Schengen area, and the train is great. I love the train. So I'm going to do a little more Asia and maybe Africa. And I'm I'm already thinking about another fiction book. I can't help that, I guess. I'll tell you, you've just got so much going on. What would you tell somebody... Uh, who's thinking about taking a leap like this what would give us just a one piece of advice um let me think not everybody's cut out for this you know not everybody is cut out for the notion of just going off and on your own you have to be willing to do things by yourself so that's the number one if you enjoy yourself and you like being alone that is the number one priority. And then you just need to start making a list of things that you want to do and, and a list of things that you want to let go of, those possessions. 
It does sounds that make like, sense? It does. It, it certainly sounds like the letting go portion of the program is the the part of the process that really needs to take place first and and continue to do that, it sounds like, to keep everything in that medium-sized suitcase, right? That, yeah, that's right. And, you know, um, it's if you've traveled before and you really like it, you can still travel without selling everything. I mean, you, you know, you don't have to do all or nothing. But um, you have to be willing to go it on your own. I mean, if I don't, if, you know, if I have a headache one day or I, or my or I just don't feel good one day, or I've eaten something that doesn't quite set with me. I've got to deal with that on my own, and I feel good about that, but some people may not. So I'm saying to you that I love what I do, and yet I am not sure it's cut out for everyone. Most everyone I talk to say, oh, I want to do that, but, gee, I don't know if I could leave my grandchildren, or, gee, I love my house, you know, and so... um, it's it's really not cut out for everyone. But let me finish that thought about why it's so wonderful. Even if you go for a couple of weeks here or a couple of weeks there, or maybe you even go for three weeks and travel through Europe, excuse me, three months, um, you get that travel bug. And sometimes that's that's enough for you. But but you're always transformed, aren't you? You're yes. always transformed. I mean, one of the things that I have learned is that I knew when I left, gosh, this kind of is deep, forgive me if it's too deep, but I knew when I left that I would have a level of transformation that might make it difficult for me to go back home. You know, go back home and sit and sit and talk to the people that I love and, and also still have conversations that are meaningful to me because I've seen all different kinds of things. So I did have that transformation. And then I also am in the process of experiencing another transformation. Well, I we're going to have to pick up on oh. that one when we come back oh, I'm on another show. Diane, oh. you've got so much to tell us. And I want to thank you so much for being here today. It is my pleasure. Thank it is you. mine. That's Diane, D-I-A-N-N, abroad.com. Thank you, Diane, for being here today. Thank you. You bet. Hey, this is Marilyn Ball. You've been listening to Speaking of Travel. Go out and take Diane's advice. You know, dream big, look into your future, and remember, when you're going out on your next week, don't postpone joy. Don't postpone joy.